and have found out that my husband has a very high level of stress and anxiety and I don't relate to that. I'm not a generally anxious person. So I'm wondering what can I do to help him deal with his stress and anxiety? Uh, great question. Surprise, surprise, after we get married sometimes, right? Didn't know, and then we faced some issues. We'll get to Catherine's call in a moment. Dr. Randy here from the Attentional Living Center talking marriage again today in this high-stake relationship. Uh, one of the most important things we're ever going to do in life is to make the right decisions in our marriage in terms of our finances, our communication, our intimacy, our expectations, our habits. These are all things that we talk about on a regular basis, including through our conferences. So we'll get back to uh, Catherine here in, um, in just a moment. If you have a comment you'd like to leave, you're always welcome to do so as you call 888-888-1717, or by the way, you can talk to one of our staff during West Coast Business Hours when you call 888-888-1717 and press number two to talk to our team. And uh, they certainly love hearing from you, and, and thanks to those of you who've taken the time to support the ministry. All right, uh, let's get to the question, Catherine. Go right ahead. I am newly married and have found out that my husband has a very high level of stress and anxiety, and I don't relate to that. I'm not a generally anxious person. So I'm wondering what can I do to help him deal with his stress and anxiety on a daily basis? Yeah. How long did you say you've been married? A year and a half. A year and a half. And, and how do you notice this? What, what things do you notice that um, made you realize that he's, he doesn't deal with stress real well? We have pretty good communication, so it's not really something I have to try to figure out. He'll tell me I'm upset because I'm anxious or I'm feeling stressed about this, but it's um, just something that we're struggling to deal with as yeah. a married couple. How is it affecting your marriage? Lots of silly arguments and just some tension, just everyday tension, I would say. Now, he was dealing with this before he married you. Yes. This is a part of his pattern. Does he happen to be, this little side question, but does he happen to be the firstborn son in the family? No, we're both middles. Both middles, that's interesting. You know, sometimes I ask that because sometimes you get that we find sometimes firstborns tend to be more stressed out, want to do things perfectly. Did he grow up in a home where there was a high expectations placed on him? Has he always been hard on himself? Yes, very hard. Okay. Um, his dad was kind of expected all the kids to no all work and no play. Yeah. Well, the good news is if you catch this early, it's not easy to change. I mean, don't let anybody tell you it's easy to change some pattern that's been developed after 20 plus years. But if if he recognizes that he has anxiety and stress, he needs to work on finding some programs that can help him deal with that uh, from a Christian perspective, memorizing scripture, um, learning to breathe when he feels stressed, finding what techniques and strategies work for him a walk around the block exercising um, whatever it is learning to declutter his life from those things that increase the stress unnecessarily and if it really overtakes his life because we all have stress but if it becomes distress and turns into anxiety sometimes you need to see a counselor sometimes you need Mm -hmm. to get some treatment for it 
but you can't change it. I mean, he brought this into your marriage, Catherine, so you need to lighten up a little bit on yourself because I sense maybe you're feeling the pressure you're supposed to do something to help fix it. Yeah, I just want to help him figure out what he can do Mm. to alleviate some of that. Yeah, well... Unless he's asking you to help him figure it out, you just got to remind him that you're praying for him and you have confidence in him and you trust him and you pat him on the back and you uh, don't get sucked into that perfectionism. Here's what happens with perfectionists. Perfectionism can lead to procrastination and procrastination can lead to people problems. And that's what you're experiencing. Perfection can't accept himself. He's anxious. He's worried. Of course, many people are. And then, of course, that can lead to procrastination, which then can lead to people issues in, in marriage and family. And I say the verse often, Second Timothy 1, 7, God's not given us that spirit of timidity, a spirit of, of uh, perfectionism, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so we get those three. You want to give them the best advice, turn them to Scripture. Turn them on to understanding God's empowering his life. There's where he's going to find uh, purpose in his life, okay? Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen for our storyline. Let's go to Herbert in New Mexico. Hi, Herbert. Hey, appreciate your call. What's your What's your question? My question is: I was in the past. I had a marriage. My wife passed away, and I had three kids, and we grew. We fell apart, and after we started growing back together, I presently, right now, I remarried. And we moved away from our neighborhood, you might say, our um, back home. Mm-hmm. We moved away. Right now, the wife I'm with, I was told that in the past where I was working, a, re- a retirement program, that I got benefits. And those benefits, I wanted to tell, I told my wife, I, said, I would like to give the benefits to my daughter as the beneficiary. Uh-huh. And it blew everything out of proportion. Uh-huh. She don't live with us. She don't wash your clothes. She don't cook for you. She don't take care of you. All mm. this. So, she, I, so you what know, I hear, your wife is feeling, if I hear you right, your wife is feeling disrespected. Um, and that and that creates a problem. And did this create a whole set of new problems in your marriage? Yes. Yeah. And, Real big time this time. Yeah. Well. Let me ask a question. Why do you want to give this to your daughter? She's the only kids I got. My daughter's the only girl I got, and I got two other boys. Okay. And they all moved. They're all living on their own, but they're barely getting by. With my present wife, we got a house. But right now, it's all her kids and the grandkids are living with us. So I'm just a stepdad. All right. So you're you're providing for her, for your... your uh, your your stepchildren and you guys are doing okay. Your 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 finances are in okay shape. Everybody's working. All right, so she she doesn't have any respect or regard for your your children, and you want to connect with your daughter. Right? That's what I hear. Yes. Yeah, this is an example, I think, Herbert, of what happens so often in blended families. Uh, one of the things we talk about is expectations, and when we have an expectation that's not met, it creates a level of disappointment. So. There's something going on in your wife's heart, for whatever reason, in terms of your children, see? And this is so common. We hear this over and over in one degree or another. 
where it's your kids, but I'm here cooking your meals and taking care of the house and I'm doing these things and then you want to help your, your daughter? And the answer is yes. That's something you want to do. It sounds like something you received, money that you had maybe before you got married, and it's something you want to be able to pass along to your to your daughter. Um, th- this, this reminds me that when these kind of things come up, the importance of having marital counseling, because my guess is there's issues that have a lot more to do than just the money. Money is not the problem in marriage. The problem is how we view money, because money represents power, control, influence, priorities, value. If you valued me, you'd you'd put the money here. And so it's not so much the money. Can I I ask this question? You don't have to answer it, but are we talking about a lot of money or a little money? No, it's just a little pocket change, I call it. All right, so here's a little bit you want to give to your daughter. And your wife says, hey, no. Kind of understand if it's like the whole inheritance, you know, it's like, hey, I want to give my whole inheritance to my daughter, but here's pocket change you want to give to your daughter. You know what? I would sit down with your wife and with a counselor or pastor and say, look, you know, I want to give a little bit to my daughter because I wasn't the dad maybe I wanted to be or need to be. And I want to show that I love her, care for her. What's really going on here? And get the stuff to the surface. So often, here's what we do in our marriage. We play games And we don't get to the bottom of what really the issue is. What's going on? Does she feel disrespected? You feel disrespected? I would use this as an opportunity to grow in your relationship with each other. Okay? I hope that helps, Herbert. Appreciate your call. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. And indeed we are, right here in the studio today from our Intentional Living studio. I hope you'll pray for uh, our brother there, Herbert. I, I heard his heart there in New Mexico, and I just want to say something to blended families. I know some of you are just, you know, you're on all eight cylinders, things are moving along, and that's terrific. But I've also been in the room with and talked with, counseled with, and encouraged a lot of step families that struggle around these issues that weren't resolved before before you get married. But once you're into get them resolved before you get married, if you can, be honest with each other. How are you going to handle money? How are you going to handle the kids? Standing together, being on the same page. These are important things. You're married now, and your wife and your your husband. This is the the relationship. You gotta you gotta work these things through together, um, and and really share your heart with each other. And if you don't do that, we're talking about honest communication. One of the things, you know, I talk about the conference even this weekend. It, we're into a whole session on communication, and the question is, how good are we at communicating about the stuff we need to talk about? That's my first question. Are we talking about the stuff we need to talk about? We talk about the weather. We talk about um, the World Series. <clears throat> that's another que- that's another story. We we talk about uh, our favorite college football team. We we talk about our neighbors. We gossip. We find out what's going on with the news. And here we got an issue in our own family. In our communication, not being on the same page, feeling disrespected. 
expectations minus reality always equals disappointment in our married relationships. Got to talk. Communication is a key to a healthy marriage, for sure. All right. Jim, looks like you're, um, you got an important question, too. Go right ahead. What's your question? Hi, sir. I just had a question for you. My wife and I were married for 34 and a half years. Mm-hmm. We divorced in June of this year. It was mm-hmm. final. And right now, working on reconciliation. Hmm. And right now, everything is going along real good. We're getting along good. But there's still something in me that says that we shouldn't go beyond this point until we seek out counseling. Oh, yeah. I would agree. We'll ruin the marriage in the first place. Absolutely. Now, in 34 years of marriage, Jim, was there a pattern of being up and down? Was there a pattern maybe where had you been separated before or had problems and then get back together, that kind of thing? Yes, sir. Just for a couple of days, though. I think about twice. All right. So you've had a couple times where you had to part, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of like you're back together, but did you ever get to the bottom of what caused you to be apart for a couple of days? No, sir. That's okay. no problem. Yeah, and now it's just the big apart. It's the ultimate, the divorce. Um, did you right. initiate it, or did she? I did. Okay. She did not want it, but she did. She signed the papers anyway, because she knew I did. And why did you want the divorce? Well, there was no trust, no communication, no intimacy. And I'm not talking about just sex, but intimacy itself was was gone. Uh-huh. It just felt my my heart had had dried up. All right, so you were felt you were, like there was nothing. We tried to talk about something, and she said, "Well, if you're going to do that, we might just was get a divorce." All right, so and she had said that before because, mm-hmm. and it's not her. It's just our communication wasn't that good. All right, so there's not another and person, there's not abuse, there's not alcohol, no, there's not drugs, no. there's just, you guys, as our culture would say, you fell out of love. Right, yeah. right. All right, you grew apart, you went different. Okay, well, Jim, right. first of all, the fact that you initiated the divorce, now you're saying you want to, you know, you're interested in reconciling, you know, I think you use this as an opportunity. I've, I've talked to hundreds of couples over my career who have been divorced and remarried, but I'll tell you, the ones that don't work are the ones that just jump back into the marriage just because they're lonely or they think they should do that. Right, I don't want that. Yeah, you have an opportunity for the two of you to say, hey, 34 years hasn't been the best. We've had problems. This is the ultimate uh, blowout of the tire, as it were. You know, it's kind of like in the past you had slow leaks, and you'd pump air back into it. Now you got a blowout mm-hmm. and time to get the tire fixed before you move down the road. So I would really encourage you to take the lead in saying to your ex-wife, look, if we're going to have a reconciliation, we're going to have to do it right, and we're going to have to get with a counselor that has experience in dealing with couples and reconciliation, a Christian, preferably, in my opinion, that someone that can lead you, you know, with your Christian values to say, how do we make this marriage work and start a very, very slow process. Keep all other people out. Don't get involved with anybody else. Don't gossip. Don't go out and tell all your friends about your ex-wife's problems and hers about you because I'll tell you, experience that creates a problem later on. Keep it between you guys and a counselor and get some help. Get a pattern and a path and some kind of standard policies that you're going to follow during the time you're in counseling and take it one day at a time and ask God to reveal his will for you guys as you move forward and trust him. Yes, sir. Okay. Is that something that sounds reasonable to you? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I was thinking along those lines, and I had mentioned it to her. And of course, she's all for it. She's she's ready. Yeah. I mean, she's she's more than willing to reconcile, and I am too. I just think we need to take care of the problem that caused the separation in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, the bottom line. I'll just uh, say it again. The bottom line is move slowly, very slow, like a turtle, going back in after a problem, and then if you say I do then mean it and then pick up the speed to be intentional in that marriage. You know, disappointment can just create so many serious problems for a family. And as we've talked so often, it's disappointment is a result of unmet expectations, but disappointment is a part of life. Kids can get disappointed. They don't get what they want, what they expect what they desire, and that's true as adults as well. And one of the things that we can do in our family that can be so helpful to manage stress and difficulties in a family relationship is to talk about how do we manage those disappointments in our life when things don't work out exactly like we would like them to be. And when we can manage our disappointments, we can really manage our family in a healthier way. That's an excerpt from the the lesson this month on intentional living in stressed out, sometimes fragile families that are struggling, how the principles of intentional living. And one of those you just heard is on being very clear about expectations, managing expectations, because expectations just destroy everything. Uh, You have expectations about restaurants, about food, about travel, about your kids, about God, about your spouse. And if those expectations are not in line with reality, creates disappointment, and then how you manage disappointment is going to determine how you feel and how you move forward in your marriage. That's an excerpt for those who are part of the Intentional Living family. Watch for the uh, lesson coming up later in November on this topic of uh, intentional living in your family. All right? And for those of you who are supporting the ministry, thank you. Those who have not yet made that decision, simple to do, call during West Coast Business Hours, 888 or you can go to theintentionallife.com. And thank you. Thank you for your support. Talking marriage today, you got a, uh, a question uh, on the line here? Go, go right ahead. Hi, Randy. I'm um, listening from Arizona, and my question is, how do you go about, well, my husband in this case, how do you go about them being silent to refuse battling? What is a person trying to gain? I am one to talk about issues or problems and deal with it and get over it, and he is not. And our relationship is oh, kind of in shambles right now, but I am doing everything I can and trusting, once again, in God and by faith. If you can just maybe answer that for me, it would be awesome so I know how to deal with with the situation in a loving manner for me, for our marriage, and my husband. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. She left that question for me. And I, uh, the reality is when people ignore communication as though they don't hear you, they become kids do this. Kids are mother deaf. Ever notice that? Huh? I didn't hear you, mom. Or they ignore because here, here's why because they don't want to be controlled. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to argue. They don't want to get sucked into whatever they think is coming down the road. And so they think by ignoring it, they're going to, it'll go away. 
like fairy dust. It'll just float off into the oblivion. And it doesn't. And you're sitting there with a hurting heart. Your husband's not talking. I think there's two things, depending on what the issue is, depending on what the issue is. If it's a decision that needs to be made and it's not getting made and it's an important decision, uh, you can say to your husband, honey, I love you. I brought this up. It doesn't seem like you want to talk about it. So I want you to know I've made a decision. This is what we're going to do. This is what I'm doing. In other words, you're going to move forward. Decisions have to be made sometimes. And to be able to progress your life and not stay stuck, maybe that's what your husband wants. I don't know. If it's an issue between the two of you, then that's something you need to address in terms of a hurting heart. And I think a woman is smart to tell a guy, you just need to know that when I'm hurting in this relationship, it affects everything, our intimacy, our um, time together, joy, the things that we do, you know, it doesn't make me feel like I'm a part of this team. And uh, as you know, when you feel like you're a third wheel, that changes how you respond in a relationship. I think being honest. But uh, just like kids, sometimes you just have to hold them accountable and you do it in a loving way. And that's sometimes true in marriage as well, painful as it can be. Talking marriage today, what do you think about that? Holding your spouse accountable. All right, uh, let's go. Let me see here. We've got uh, Sarah uh, with a question. Go right ahead, Sarah. The question I have is I love your program about living intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I would love to apply intentional actions to marriage specifically. The barrier that I have is not knowing how to, um, sorry, it's it's kind of emotional for me. Um, There's been affairs and things that have occurred in our marriage and ups and downs, probably more downs than ups. After the, the last incident, uh, which we had been going to counseling in the midst of it when it was found out again, I just stopped everything. Yeah. And basically am married, but just dead in the marriage. Well, um, what is your husband, is your husband had the affairs? The most recent ones, yes. And how about you? I have had an affair in the past, yes. This goes back to... Uh, We've been together about 10 years, um, so it it seemed like it flip-flopped back and forth, and when I had thought we were making some traction, we were in marriage counseling through our church. It wasn't easy by any means. It wasn't like every session was was roses, but to me, it was giving light to progress, you know, whether it was going to happen in a year or three years. Well, do both of you want this marriage to work? I mean, have you both acknowledged we want this marriage to work? Yes. Well, not not since I've kind of given up. No, not on my part. But okay, but your husband we wants to make it work. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Sarah, and that's listen. That's where I struggle because I'm hearing that, but then I oh. actions don't match up with mm-hmm. words. Yeah, and that's the problem, Sarah. The bottom line is, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? It says in Amos three three. How can two walk together? In the message, it says, how can two hold hands together unless they're going to the same place? Isn't that a word picture? And you're not going to the same place. You've been going to other men. She, he's been going to other women. Um, and then you come back and say, well, let's make this work. There's a point where that just builds and builds and builds, and it creates a huge problem. Hey, listen, this is a spiritual thing. If you guys are Christians, you need to be on your knees. You need to confess. You need accountability. You need to start all over, and you need to take some baby steps in the process of rebuilding this marriage. 
Because every time, every time we continue to violate the trust in a marriage, it's one more nail in that coffin of that relationship. And our actions have to follow, especially when trust has been broken. We've got to be super trustworthy in the process. Okay, Sarah, I hope that helps. And, and, and the two of you, I really encourage, I mean, this is something you got to get into some really honest counseling if you want to make this marriage work. All right, I think we have time for um, uh, one more question for us. Go right ahead. Hi, this is Alicia. I'm listening to your program today about not being on the same page with marriage and walking together as husband and wife and being submissive to each other. And my question is a big thing that goes on in my marriage with my husband, who is also a Christian, is that we have disagreements. And I hate saying this because I I don't want it to seem like I'm judging, but I know for a fact, because I'm married to him, that I am in the Word and seeking God uh, more than he is, which breaks my heart. And I want that so bad for him. But when we come to a disagreement and I bring up a Bible verse or um, something that I've learned as a Christian uh, being biblical as why I think that, you know, the way I'm suggesting it's correct, he comes back with something that is just completely different in a way that he says that he feels like the scripture is saying it this way or most of the time it's, well, I think that God wants us to have the desires of our heart. And I try to explain to him that, you know, I feel like our desire to have God's heart is what's important. So our desires are the same as God's. And he doesn't agree with me with that. So when we make these decisions in our lives, whether it be financial or to do with our kids, and I think we're making a not biblical decision, I almost feel like me giving in to him is a sin. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what I think is going on here. We're just from the minute or two that I heard your, your story, Alicia, is that your husband, and come on, this is being immature. Come on, as a, as a man, as, as a Christian man. But he probably feeling you're playing the part of the Holy Spirit in his life. His, his, his preacher, his teacher, and I know the Bible. And and he would never say it, maybe, but so it comes back with, no, I don't believe that. That's not the way I look at it. And then later he might think, well, I kind of do. But the fact that she told me that, I, I don't. Isn't this what we do in relationships sometimes? Here's what happens in relationships. Listen, this is one of the most profound truths that I've learned over the years of working with people. Whenever we take a position on something, no matter how stupid it is, and how wrong it is, we spend our time trying to defend it. Turn on the news today. Come on, turn on the news today and hear what some people are defending and behavior in the world. And you shake your head saying, that's not even common sense. It's because a person has taken a position. Well, to help you, Alicia, I would encourage you to back off on playing the role of the Holy Spirit, even though I know you're not trying to do that with your husband. And just ask your husband, could we, could we maybe get with someone, a Christian counselor or someone and talk about this and together just explore what the scripture says or ask your husband, what does he think about what the Bible teaches on this and kind of put it in his court a little bit and see how he responds um, as opposed to making God the adversary in your relationship. I hope that helps, Alicia. God bless you. A lot of people struggling with that. I'm Dr. Randy, heavy heart leaving today with so many painful stories, but I hope you'd be praying for the friends and folks who called. 
I'll be back again next time with more from Intentional Living. We'll see you then.